today. We are going to be focusing on missions today. So we're excited about that, excited to be able to take some time, focus our hearts in that area. Um, It's November the 1st as well. So we've made it 10 months through, everybody. We're almost there. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Um, But we uh, are thankful to have you here today. Hopefully you're also feeling a little more uh, rested this morning. We did get an extra hour. Um, so hopefully you are feeling a little more rejuvenated this morning. Might be the coffee you had as well, but uh, we got a little, uh, an extra hour. So um, a couple of different reminders about how we're meeting today. We are social distancing, just trying to keep our distance from each other. We are encouraging the use of masks, which mine's in my pocket right now, but when you're unable to social distance. We have lots of supplies in the back, uh, hand sanitizer, sanitizing wipes, uh, restrooms are available if you need to use those, um, so feel free to use those. And um, a couple of all, uh, church calendar reminders as well. I do want to say thank you to the Conaway family. Last Sunday we had our fall fellowship at their house, so give it up for the Conaways. Um, very hospitable, great example to us. This coming Wednesday we have our men's discipleship group, our D group, uh, where our men will be getting together, focusing on Philippians chapter 3. Uh, this month. So if you want to get plugged in with a a men's small group, uh, come and speak to myself or any of the other uh, elders here or C group leaders. We'd love to have you on this Wednesday. And then uh, next Sunday, we're going to be getting back into Sermon on the Mount. And so we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 6. I'll be sharing with you next Sunday. um, And then we'll have uh, Tyson and Marcus who will teach the following Sunday's giving um, Adam some, some time away, uh, the ability for him to kind of refresh himself and, and step away from the pulpit for a little while. So excited about that, excited to look at that together starting next Sunday. So um, I am going to start our time off here by uh, reading from Psalm chapter 96. So um, if you want to turn there, that's where we're going to start our kind of our missions focus this morning. Um, Psalm 96, just the first six voice, uh, verses here, and as I read through them, I want you to listen out for not only missions, but also worship, and the combination of both of those together in these six verses right here, okay? Starts off, it says, O sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name, and then tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, for He he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heaven. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary." Um, so what's so great about those, those verses right there, as I mentioned, is that it brings together this call to worship, but also a call to missions, to tell of others of how great and glorious God is. And that's how we want to start our time off today. So we are going to take some time later to update you on those uh, missionaries, those families that we support as a church. But before we even dig into that and talking about the ministry of those families and, and where they are and the awesome work that they're doing, we also want our hearts to be stirred to understand missions more fully and to see the relationship between missions and worship. 
Um, and so I'm going to just kind of uh, walk us through a couple of points here together. Uh, Marcus is going to come and share as well. Um, and then later on, uh, Daniel Richardson is going to take us through and kind of share with us the different families that we support as a church. I do want to pause for a minute and just say um, I'm so thankful for Daniel. He's been in this role this year for us, helping us to reorient our minds and remind us about what's happening with those people that we support. This is a great a uh, combination of someone who has who had a passion for missions, who met a need that we had in the church, and who's also leveraging the skills that God's given him all together in one. And so I, I hope that you've noticed on the realm those monthly posts that he sent for us um, and how they give us the opportunity to say, this is happening globally. And for those who have kids, it's very eye-opening for our little ones to understand that what we teach them and what we hope to display before them on a regular basis is what God is, is doing in families all around the world. And when they can grasp, when they can start to wrap their mind around how global God is, it really opens up their eyes to how, um, how awesome he is, how big he is, how powerful he is. So I would encourage you, uh, your, uh, those of you who have little ones, to start to share with them what God is doing, even if it's to leverage that monthly post around what's happening with the families that we support um, in different places around the world. So um, with that, I want to, uh, to dig in here, and we've got a couple of, of slides. Here's, here's where we'll start off, though, for today. This book right here is called Let the Nations Be Glad. Uh, you may have heard of it before. Um, it's by John Piper. This book has been uh, a book that uh, Daniel, Marcus, and I have read through together. Um, and was really a way for us to kind of come together, the three of us, as we were trying to focus our hearts on missions as well as help pass that desire along to each of you. Uh, it's been a very helpful book. It's not a book about the methods of missions. So it's not going to tell you how to go plan a church. It's not going to tell you how to go uh, translate uh, native tongues somewhere. It's more about the, the theological components, like why do we do missions? What What's the purpose behind it? And um, And it's as much as it is about missions, it's also about worship and really helping us to, to look at the, uh, the root cause of, of why we would go back to that Psalm 96. Um, instead of just focusing on missions as the activity, what are we seeking to achieve through missions? Um, so some of what we'll share today has been uh, shaped by this book. I would encourage you, um, if you're interested in just growing your own heart for missions, to pick it up. Uh, we'll have some other resources later on for you to look into. But this has been a, a very helpful book for us. And the kind of the thesis of this book starts in this first uh, chapter. This is the, these are the first sentences of the first chapter. Um, and so I just want to read it for you here, kind of set the tone for, for what we're talking about. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It's a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. And so that kind of helps help me tremendously in, in terms of bringing those two together, but also seeing the difference of them as well. And so I'm going to uh, take us through three different points about the relationship between missions and worship uh, here. And it starts with just the simple fact that missions is not the same uh, as worship. So missions is that going and telling, the proclaiming of God's greatness and his salvation to others. 
while worship is the exalting of God to God. First, that inward uh, uh, longing and, and praising of God that often displays itself outwardly, right? Through song, through prayer, just through praise, just through acknowledging Him, right? So that's the, the difference between um, the, uh, the missions as the activity and the worship as what happens inwardly in our heart. Um, the second point there, missions is the means to spread worship. I have uh, in my notes here, we engage in missions for the purpose of spreading the good news of the gospel, being used by God to bring the truth of salvation to others, producing more followers of Jesus, more worshipers of God. Uh, in the book, uh, there's a the quote here. It says, all of history is moving toward one great goal, the white-hot worship of God and His Son among all the peoples of the earth. Missions is not that goal. It's the means. So, so missions is that method through which we seek to make more worshipers of God. There's, there's a difference. It's the activity that we engage in because there are corners of the world where people aren't worshiping God. There's corners of the world where people haven't heard of Jesus. And so we engage in missions, the activity of it. We partner with ministries. We support families so that we can make more worshipers of God. That's the ultimate goal that we're working towards. That's the ultimate goal of what the, the culmination of all uh, of God's complete total story is moving towards, is that, is that day when we will all bow and, and confess that Jesus is Lord, that we'll all become worshipers, uh, whether we acknowledge him as his children or we acknowledge him as sinners, which have eternal judgment. Everyone will acknowledge that he is Lord, and, and we will all come together and worship. So missions is the means to achieve that worship. Uh, and then the, the last point here on missions is that missions begins and ends with worship. Um, so thinking back to Psalm 96 that we, we read earlier, um, the first part of that psalm starts off with, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. But then it transitions to tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. And then it transitions back to worship. For great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. I had uh, written down, The natural overflow of our worship towards God results in our proclaiming of his glory to others and then reaches its culmination at the end of the age, when, as we saw in Philippians 2, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we engage in missions because of the worship that we enjoy of God. It's the natural flow, right? That when something happens in our lives, or we come to a realization that we hadn't come to before, or just it's just deepened and we're more satisfied by what God's doing in our lives, the natural overflow is to praise Him and to tell others about what He's done. And now we're worshiping Him together. So missions begins and ends with worship, okay? Um, so the relationship between these two has been uh, very eye-opening for myself, um, for Daniel and Marcus, as we've kind of touched base and, and even just thought about this day. I'll tell you, I, I am so excited for today because of the work that God has done, um, first in Daniel's heart to uh, strike up a desire in him for missions, 
but then through he, Marcus, and I kind of coming together to support him in that and, and how God has also um, stirred that within Marcus and I. And we've looked forward to this day to be able to bring you in on this and hopefully to, to strike something up in you as well. Um, so looking at the, the relationship between these two um, naturally leads to how God's focus is on worship as well. Um, and, and that is what empowers missions. So if it was just in and of ourself to do this, but God's focus was somewhere else, it wouldn't be the ultimate thing that we could be a part of. But it's the fact that it is also the focus of God, worship, worship of Him, that makes missions so great and so important. Um, so this is the kind of the, the, the heart, um, the, the ultimate goal for us in worship is, is why the first two commandments that we see that God gives Israel is, um, is one, don't worship other gods, right? You shall have no other gods before me. And then two, don't make gods for yourself to worship. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the sea. Those are the first two commandments. God is, he wants us to worship him alone and nothing else. He is, uh, he, that is his, his highest priority. His highest goal for us is to worship him alone. Um, Moses reiterates this point in Deuteronomy 10, uh, verses 12 and 13 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and the statutes of the Lord which I am commanding for you today for your good. And then Jesus reiterates it again, and we, we talked about this last week in Matthew chapter 22, when the Pharisees come to him, um, and they're trying to get him to, to say you know, the wrong thing. They're questioning him, trying to throw him off of, of what he's trying to teach. And they come forward, they say, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Like, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get him to pick and choose and, and make something more important than something else. And he does. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. God's focus is on worship, is, is on um, us coming to him and worshiping him alone, all right? Um, the second point there, God is infinitely worthy of worship. Uh, I picked out a couple of other passages here um, for us to focus on. There's several others that, that we could um, also go to, but, but some that came to mind first were um, back in Deuteronomy 10. There's a verse I like to go to when, when I'm sitting down, you know, maybe it's uh, during a time of prayer, and, and I want to get myself out of my focus on God. There are a couple of, of great passages to go to where I'm just focusing on his greatness uh, and on how magnificent he is. Uh, one is in Deuteronomy 10, 17 through 21. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing, Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him, hold fast to him, and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. 
I mean, imagine yourself as an Israelite. Like some of the things you've seen are awesome. They're also a little scary, right? I mean, that's the power and the majesty of God. That's the God of gods, the Lord of lords displaying his power before you. Um, Colossians 1, a, a familiar passage for some of you around how awesome God is. Uh, verses 15 through 20, he's the image of the invisible God, talking about Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Revelation chapter 5 brings us all together, and we've alluded to this final day when we will all worship um, together. And then in Revelation, we see that future vision of us worshiping God together, where we're all headed towards together. It says, uh, John says, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne, to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. God is infinitely worthy of our worship. There are other passages. Romans 11, 33 through 36 talks about God's wisdom, his riches of knowledge, how unsearchable and scrutable his ways. John 1, the very beginning of John. Uh, Hebrews 1, the very beginning of Hebrews, all talk about God's um, his greatness, his worthiness to be praised. And then the, the last point here, God's passion for worship fuels missions. And this is what I kind of said earlier, is that what makes missions so great is that it's what God desires for us, is that through missions, we would make more worshipers of him. Um, I, I wrote here that missions flows from the fullness of God's passion for his glory. If you go back and look at the... the um, how many passages there are where God is speaking about protecting his name. He's talking about his reputation, upholding it and protecting it so that it doesn't get, um, it's not um, drugged through the mud through what Israel does, right? That um, his passion for protecting his reputation goes to the extent that there are times where he has to, um, he has to bring judgment on Israel, because they're worshiping other gods, and they're, in a sense, profaning his name, that he's passionate about upholding his own reputation. Um, the, I wrote here, the end of missions will not fail, because the everlasting, all-sufficient God is infinitely, unwaver, unwavering, unwaveringly, and eternally committed to the glory of his great name. And then again, we look back at, at Revelation chapter 7. John says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, every, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That is going to happen. God is committed to that happening. And because he's committed to that, that brings um, a weight to missions that makes missions the greatest thing that we could ever be a part of. Because it ultimately is the, the, the activity that we partner in 
that we um, that we um, come alongside of, that we even support, that if you're not on the field doing missions, that you're seeking to make much of God in your own context, that you're seeking to support those who are making much of God wherever they are. So I hope that for today, as, as we dig in some more, that starting off with this reminder of how awesome God is, of how important missions is, that you yourself will enjoy this time as a means of worship uh, to God personally. And that as you think more about the majesty of who God is and you see these families and hear of the work that he's doing in other parts of the world, that your heart would be stirred in worship. That through this, as, as the, the spark was set in Daniel, which then God... Um, brought into to Marcus and I as, as we became more informed and aware of his work, that the same would happen for many of you here today, um, that you would grow restless, um, that for some of you it would mean a, a life on the mission field, and for others of you it would mean I want to encourage these people. I want to love on them and pray for them more faithfully. I want to support them more intentionally. Um, so I hope that that is what you walk away with from today and that it's not just an update on who we support, but that we all have our capacity to worship God more fully deepened through our time here today. So Marcus is going to come up um, and share a couple more thoughts with us. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for getting us started. Um, I uh, was able to like even take some notes just as you're talking. God has given me a couple other things to say, so that's definitely answered prayer. Um, I'm going to pray real quick just to get my heart right, um, and then we'll jump in. I really want to stay committed to about 15 minutes, um, so I'll give you a few thoughts, and then we'll um, enter into a time of worship together. But yeah, let's pray real quick. Um, Father, as we um, discuss prayer and and discuss um, how you use it um, in missions, God, I pray that you would just uh, give me the words to say. Um, help me to um, say the words that you have in mind for our people to hear today. Um, God, I just pray that you would prepare their hearts to hear it and respond. And uh, God, I pray that you're glorified through this time. Uh, God, ask us all in Christ's name. Amen. Awesome. So let's jump in. Um, so um, I've got three uh, pieces of scripture that we can walk through um, and then kind of three takeaways at the end. Um, I, I do want to share... Um, a couple sentences from uh, the book, from chapter two. Chapter two is all about um, the supremacy of God and missions through prayer. So how is prayer involved in what God is doing? Um, so this is from page 65 um, in chapter two. So uh, prayer gives us the significance of frontline forces and gives God the glory of a limitless provider. The one who gives the power gets the glory. Thus, prayer safeguards, protects, like Adam was saying, it protects the supremacy of God in missions while linking us with the endless grace for every need. Um, when we are prayerful as we're engaged in missions, it ensures that God is honored alone, that, God, that the worship goes to God alone, that we don't receive or um, get placed um, on a pedestal, that we aren't the ones who are praised but it's God alone that gets praised. So we're going to walk through three um, pieces of scripture where this kind of gets teased out. Um, a couple of things, I'll get to the, the takeaways at the end. But uh, first, let's look at uh, John chapter 15, 16. Um, so I'll read it real quick. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Um, 
So I'll go ahead and say it. I think one of the things that I would hope that you would walk out of here with today is that you, us, um, we as Christians, we are, our lives are commissioned by Christ to do work for him. Um, and so just as we walk through this uh, piece of scripture, so um, I choose you. We belong to Christ by his will, not ours. Um, I appointed you. So he has put us into commission, into a role. He has called us to do work for him, uh, to go and bear fruit, to produce something for him. And that fruit should abide. We are producing something that exists from generation to generation, something that remains, something that is not going to rot or fade away, um, but something that is eternal in nature. And, we, and when we are doing that work, um, we have the ability to go and ask in the Father's name anything that we need to accomplish that work, and it will be given to us. He will give through prayer the things necessary to support our labors. So, again, ask ourselves, why is the Father going to give the disciples here, and I think even us uh, today as we're engaged in missions, why is he going to give us what we need, what we ask in Jesus' name. Because they've been given a mission to bear fruit so that the power of prayer can be used. Um, so one thing I would love for you guys to be able to walk out of here with today is that you are on a mission. So I, going back to the, um, the quote from the book, I, I, I like the way that it's written because it says, prayer gives us the significance of frontline forces. So what's really on my heart is that we don't walk out of here saying, hey, those people in the Czech Republic, those people in Nepal, those people at Snowbird are the missionaries, and then that's their role. We are involved as well. We have mission fields in our own neighborhoods, in our own families, in our own workplaces, and we are also called to go and bear fruit um, in those contexts as well. So, um, yeah, our role to support and pray for our missionaries, to pray that um, their calling to go and bear fruit in the nations um, happens, that um, God would give to them the things that they need for, the, for that fruit to be produced. But then also, as we're praying over our day, as we wake up in the morning, we see our lives as um, being frontline workers, frontline forces uh, in the context that we're in. Make sense? Um, so power con prayer connects our work daily to God's power. All right, so uh, that's John fifteen sixteen, um, And then kind of building upon that, uh, what kind of work um, are, we, are we involved in? What kind of work are we um, a part of? So um, Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 20, it's a long uh, passage about putting on the armor of God. So this, this verse specifically um, kind of connects all of these weapons, um, these pieces of armor that, that Paul talks about um, with prayer. So praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. So that's kind of the part that ties everything Paul's talking about to prayer. Um, but I think what I really want you guys to, to hear is um, that as we view our lives as being commissioned by Jesus to go and do work for him, to produce fruit, um, that work is done not um, in the context of uh, this life and um, 
comfort, uh, but it's done in the context of war. Um, in verse 12, um, Paul talks about, uh, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and author- um, the I'm sorry, but against rulers, against the uh, authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are um, engaged in spiritual warfare. Uh, and Paul uses this theme of warfare. He, he has some other, other analogies for life that he uses, but he goes back to warfare regularly. So in this, in this verse, in Ephesians, in 2 Corinthians 10, he talks about the weapons of warfare. Um, in his letters to Timothy, he calls Timothy to uh, go and fight the good fight. He calls Timothy a good soldier. Um, and so um, we are commissioned to service to fight, uh, for Christ in, in a spiritual war. The, the fruit that we're called to produce is in the context of war. Um, even this morning, like I was talking to Tyson and Dave, um, sharing with them just the spiritual warfare that I've felt this morning, um, nothing crazy or like supernatural or anything, but um, attacks of self-doubt, accusations of uh, my unworthiness to get up here and share this word with you. Um, technology issues like God, Satan does not want these words spoken today here. Satan does not want our hearts stirred to go and share truth with our, um, with our families, um, in our workplaces, uh, and for sure, um, you know, around the world. He does not want us to encourage our missions partners. He would love for them to be discouraged. He would love for them to be, um, under attack, um, and kind of rendered, um, rendered uh, neutral or uh, neutralized um, in this fight that they're fighting. Um, we're told to put on armor in verse 13. So uh, all of these things that we love and enjoy, these gracious gifts from God, right? Truth, righteousness, peace, faith. These things are all commissioned for warfare. Um, truth that we love, like our identity in Christ, um, that's commissioned for warfare. Um, Righteousness, the, the unchangeable legal standing that we have before the Lord in our sanctification, that's commissioned for warfare. Um, peace, the assurance that we have um, in our eternity, that's commissioned for warfare as well. Our faith, the profession of faith that we've made in Christ and who he is, um, that truth that we, that we believe, that's commissioned for warfare as well, as well. And the word, the word is the sweet, inspired, infallible word of God that we just find so much comfort in, that's commissioned for warfare as well. Um, and so, uh, just meditating on, on the sword, um, it's been really fun to kind of think about. So, uh, you've got the truth, righteousness, peace, faith. These are things that God applies to us kind of as an armor. It's, it's things that sit upon us, right? Uh, but then when you think about a sword, um, I like sword fights. I like, uh, I like the princess bride. It's probably the best sword fight that there is, right? And so when I've been meditating on like the sword, and you think about, like, Inigo Montoya and Wesley going back and forth with each other, right? There's this advance, and then there's a defense, right? Like, it's uh, a weapon that has offensive and defensive um, capabilities. And so here in verse um, 19, we see that we are to take the sword praying. Um, And so as we take the word and we're praying for God to show us how to use it, we can understand that uh, we can use it defensively as those accusations and as those attacks come. Um, we can then like meditate on the word and use it 
as a defense um, or uh, on the offensive to go and share truth with people, to go and, and um, apply the word to uh, the hearts of the lost that God prepares in advance for, for the word to, um, to take root. Um, so offensive and defensive um, there. And yeah, those are, and, and when we're in prayer over how to use the sword, it's God's words chosen perfectly without error, applied to the right people at the right time um, for, on the offensive, and um, we can defend against the attacks of Satan as well. As well. Um, and then, you know, who do we pray for as well? So, like, um, at the end, verse 20, uh, make sure I say it right. I'm sorry, it's in verse, nine, uh, verse 18. But Paul is saying, uh, it's 18 as well. So Paul is calling for us to pray for the saints and also for him. So we're praying for each other. We're praying in the context of this church. Um, and then we're praying for uh, the, the church planter, the missionary, um, the one who's... Um, going to the nations as well. So um, I think we see both here um, in, in how we're to pray for, for our people. So um, one question for you guys, too, as you're, as you're thinking and meditating on this piece of Scripture. Um, do you see your life as being in warfare, or is it peacetime? Um, do your prayers reflect the warfare, that, the warfare that God's Word says that we are in? Um, does that impact how you pray? Does that impact how you use your resources? Um, consider that. Um, and so the last part here um, that I want to share with you guys is God is sovereign in missions. So uh, this is a, a verse from uh, Romans uh, 15 where Paul talks about his perspective on, on what's been accomplished through his work. So, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and by deed, by the power of signs and wonders, and by, I'm sorry, uh, by the power of the Spirit of God. So, um, you know, we can enter into uh, the work that Jesus has called us to, to go and bear fruit. We can enter into a life of warfare. Um, We can go and call upon the Lord um, for the things that we need, Um, and we can do all of that confidently because um, Christ is going to accomplish the work that he has set out to accomplish. Um, It's not up to us. It wasn't up to Paul, and it's not up to uh, the Folkers or the McMurrays or the Snowbird staff as to what is going to be accomplished. It's Christ's work through us. And so um, here, this is just really cool how this verse kind of ties it all together. So um, through prayer, um, God has given... Paul the words to say, um, and he's helped to make Paul's life um, align with the words that he says, right? So by word and by deed, kind of these like natural, by natural means, Paul's preaching and his lifestyle um, point others to Christ. Uh, But then also you have like these supernatural means here as well, by power and signs and wonders. Um, Throughout Acts, you see uh, miraculous healings, but then also um, you see him rejoicing in persecution. You see him um, being given different people and different relationships that, that form at just the right time. Um, and all of this is given to Paul um, to complete the, the work that, that uh, Jesus has called him to. Uh, the, the eternal fruit is being produced um, as Paul prays over his mission. 
Um, so whether it's the saints in Rome and Colossae and Philippi in any of these churches that Paul is planting, or it's Paul himself, or it's the Folkers or the McMurrays, the staff at Snowbird, or if it's us, we can pray and obey in confidence. Um, so three takeaways that I hope you guys will walk away from this time with. Uh, acknowledge that you're on a mission um, and acknowledge that um, that mission involves your context as well as the support of the, um, our missions partners. Um, so there's a global mission and there's like a local mission for us as well. You're on a mission, you're at war, and that you can proceed in prayer with confidence that Christ will accomplish what he has set out to accomplish in you. Um, so I'll pray real quick. Um, Tyson's going to come and lead us in a time of worship. And um, yeah, God, um, we just come to you uh, thankful, thankful that you would uh, use um, sinners, use people like us um, in your work. Um, God, please accomplish your purposes through us and in spite of us. Um, God, just help us to um, remember that we are at war, um, that we are commissioned into your service, and that we can um, go forward confidently that your uh, purposes will come about. Um, God, help us also through prayer to remember that it's not um, any of our own effort, uh, but, it's that it, but it's you, and please glorify yourself through the work that you've called us to do. We ask these things in Christ's name, amen. The first thing that I want to say is, uh, echoing off of what Marcus said, I think yesterday I just had a harder-than-average day, and Elliot had a harder-than-average day, and when I came to look at uh, what I was going to be talking about last night, I was just reminded powerfully that there is an enemy that opposes God's mission in the world, and that enemy would love for us to be discouraged and love for us not to encourage our missionaries, uh, but the God that we serve is greater than the enemy that opposes us. Um, the second thing that I want to say is I, I think it's a privilege to be a part of a church that prioritizes missions, especially in its giving. So, I mean, obviously Ben, um, our deacon, can talk more about the specifics of what our budget looks like, but we're set up in such a way that when we overflow in our giving, that giving can go towards things that matter, uh, like God's mission in the world. Um, and Adam talked about uh, the passion that God has put in my heart for missions. And just to briefly speak to that, um, my brother is, he served in China for two years through uh, the International Mission Board, and he plans to go back one day. Currently, he lives in Albany, but that's part of where my passion for missions com comes from. I've seen him struggle looking for a church that he feels like is on the same page regarding missions and that really supports missionaries. And so my passion with this is I would love for us to be the type of church that someone like him um, really looks for and feels encouraged by. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk about our di the different groups that we support, uh, the different missionaries that we support, and there's obviously more that could be talked about than we'll have time to get to. Uh, but the, f the first group that we're going to talk about are uh, Stephen and Jennifer Folker, who are in uh, the Czech Republic. Um, let's see, can we get them on the screen? Hey, guys. How are y'all? We're good. Good. Uh, so... Uh, Stephen and Jennifer Folker and their family, they live in the Czech Republic in Europe, and they're, they're missionaries through the International Mission Board, which is the missions organization associated with the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, and our, our closest connection is that Stephen is John Mark's uh, brother, 
And uh, I want to first say thank you all for sharing the gospel and devoting your lives this way. Thank you especially for the detail that you put on your Facebook uh, status updates to keep us involved. Thank you for joining us via Zoom. Congratulations for being in the Czech Republic for five years. Um, I, I said this in an email, but we have a number of, of new visitors to our church this year, so there's some people who may be unfamiliar with you guys. So my first question to y'all is, at a very general basic level, what is the Czech Republic like? Who, who are y'all ministering to? And uh, what, what is your strategy? And what do, kind of what are the activities that fill a typical week for y'all? And uh, keeping in mind, I guess it probably looks different now, uh, the COVID situation that we're in. But what, what does ministry look like for y'all? Yeah, when we entered 2020, uh, no one would have ever thought that we would uh, go through a, a worldwide pandemic. And that's changed a lot of things. But um, anyway, we, we live in a city district called Bistritz. Uh, there's about 25,000 people um, that live in this uh, small part of this part of Brno. And uh, we are working with the local Baptist church to, to plant a new church where there's not one. Um, and so for us, some of the things that we've been doing um, really since we've been back on the field um, in 2019, we came back. Um, Kids Club, um, Jennifer does a mom's club. Um, we try to connect with relationships, people on a one-on-one -on -one basis to try to share the gospel. Um, we've also done a lot of um, different types of courses, like a marriage course, um, a raising kids course, raising teenagers course. Um, Probably the last significant thing we did was we had a Christmas concert last year um, that really was an awesome thing. Um, and then we went into 2020 and, and did regular ministry for a little while up until the first week of March. And we were kind of closed until the end of middle of June. We had a great English camp in July. Uh, we saw about 30 kids come and, and we were really excited about the fall to kind of go back into regular ministry. And um, then a couple of weeks ago, we're on lockdown again. So um, it's it's been an interesting year, but those are some of the things that we've been doing. Did I leave anything out, other things we've? We do some outreaches like sports night and also English um, evenings where people can come and talk. And uh, we've had some um, college students come and help with things like that and some other teams, Americans come and we do English uh, nights and conversation. So it's been a good outreach way to get to know people and, and invite them in. One of the things that we wanted to start this fall was a monthly worship service. And um, we're just not able to do that right now uh, because we wanted to start it off um, a right way. Of course, we could try to do something through Zoom or online um, but we wanted to, we wanted to kind of wait, um, to be able to do that. I think the biggest thing we didn't mention is that weekly we meet with our church planting team, which is a group of Christians from the main Baptist church. And, um, we've been meeting with them for about three years, doing ministry with them, um, discipling a few of them. Um, Stephen leads the group with two other men, um, who are elders in the Baptist church as well. So. They're our group that we do ministry with and we meet with and encourage each other, pray together. Um, and we're about to start small groups um, by breaking that, that group down into three smaller groups. Awesome. Uh, 
I saw where y'all were doing, uh, you were constructing like a ministry center, have, uh, I guess for the worship services that we're going to start, uh, but we'll have to start later. Have y'all finished the construction on that? Yeah, so I would like to share our screen um, just for a few minutes and show you two pictures, uh, if I could do that. I don't, hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, let's see, Des I guess, let's see, share that. Oh, um, I may have to switch my settings here for a second. I wanted to. So we've been working on this um, club building, place where, where we can start our worship services. And uh, we've been constructing, some of COVID has slowed that down. Um, we're almost, uh, ha we almost have it completed. We plan to, on October 11th, um, start our first service and before that get together and just pray over the building that God would really use it and be you know, dedicated to him being worshipped and honored in our um, city. But that'll be on hold. And the building is almost done. Um, it doesn't have furniture in it yet, but for the most part, the main building part has been reconstructed. Yeah, so uh, I was going to try to share our screen, but I would have to quit Zoom and change some settings in the computer and then come back in. So um, anyway, we if you are a part of our uh, private Facebook prayer group, um, those are that's a place where we have um, placed some pictures most recently uh, of the outside and inside. It's a small building. There's about 35 to 40 people that could fit into that building, but that really will become the uh, the main center where we will do most of our ministry activities. And uh, eventually when we're able to, also to have a, a monthly worship service. Great. Um, the, the next thing I wanna ask y'all about, uh, I appreciated earlier in the year, it's been several months now, but your updates about Emma and uh, the, just the answer prayers that were there about her having seizures and then getting treatment. And I, re I recall seeing a, an email about on the second EEG, the, there were no seizures that we could see. Um, are there any updates that you would like to give or any new ways that we should be praying for Emma? Well, uh, we really appreciate the prayers for that. That was a huge um, thing that we walked through in the midst of COVID. Um, we, uh, it was a struggle at the beginning with um, walking her through getting used to the medicine and um, some things that went along with it. But we thank you for your prayers because she's doing much better. She's sleeping better. Um, eating better. She's eating more again. And she um, had a clear EEG test on July 1st. Great. So um, if we have continued clear EEGs showing no seizure activity um, for a year and a half or so, they'll start to wean her off medicine. So um, if you could just pray that that continues and happens again in January when we go in for her next EEG, that would be just great. Thank you. Great. Uh, so uh, the next person I want to ask about is Travis. We've prayed some for him, who's supposed to be a hands-on student to join y'all. Uh, and I saw that he was going for an interview regarding his visa, I think. Um, is he? Can you explain just briefly what the hands-on program is and um, when and whether he'll be able to join y'all? Yeah, so the hands-on program is uh, basically a semester-based uh, program where students can come and serve for uh, a semester and they also can come for two semesters and so that's what Travis's plan has been um, when when we um, 
started the process, uh, we had already talked with him about him coming to study language because um, that was his desire, um, as well as um, he wanted to stay for a full year. And so we began the process of getting him a student visa. Uh, living in the midst of a pandemic, that has not been the easiest process. And yes, he did go for an interview um, a few weeks ago. And the last that we heard, um, his application is in its last process of uh, the decision to be made. And so um, you can continue to pray for him. Uh, he started a language class online and some of those classes are at 3 a.m. in the morning. So uh, you can imagine uh, needing to get up in the middle of the night to try to learn Czech language, which is hard enough on its own in normal time. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for praying for Travis and um, we hope that soon he'll be able to join us. Fair enough. Is, is there anything else that you would like to share uh, before we uh, pray for you? Yeah, just uh, one quick thing. And then I think Jennifer had some particular prayer requests. Um, we just want to say thank you guys for um, praying for us, encouraging us. Um, recently, there have been others that have reached out to us. Uh, Marcus, I think, was one, and there have been some others. And um, those emails are so encouraging to us. Um, it, it's hard living overseas. Um, it's hard being away from family. It's hard from being away from, uh, churches and, um, and in the middle of, of living in a lockdown when you can't really do a lot of things, um, that just makes life even harder. Uh, and so those times of encouragement, those words of encouragement are so, uh, important for us. And we are grateful for that. We're also grateful for, the financial gifts that you guys have sent um, as we finish the reconstruction of this building um, those gifts have not necessarily gone towards the reconstruction um, but those gifts are going to be used for buying whatever we need to make the, the ministry center uh, functional uh, sound equipment chairs tables um, stuff to supplies to have a, a coffee house um, as we have people over and to engage people in gospel conversations and so we are uh, a significant portion uh, of of the the gifts that that sovereign hope is given is going towards that and so we are just that's a huge answer to prayer um, as we weren't sure where those gifts um, where that support was going to come from so um, we want to say thank you for that. And then Jennifer was going to just share a couple of prayer requests. One is just creativity as we walk through COVID and try to continue to reach out and build relationships. Um, trying to do online connecting with moms. This past week I did like a fall family fun activity thing, um, private group on Facebook. Just ideas and, and connections that God would continue to work even when people are at their houses. and. Um, and I also have a specific one um, I mentioned on our Facebook group a few weeks ago. I've been meeting with a, a lady. I didn't say her name, but her name is Monica. And um, she's uh, really seeking. She believes in God, but hasn't made that step to faith. She doesn't quite understand what it is to step over and, and um, you know, really make her life based on faith. And, um, and so I'm meeting with her again Wednesday. And so if you would all just pray with me. 
um, as I spend that time with her, take a walk um, with our masks on, and I'd be able to understand her without, um, you know, being able to, you know, read her lips and all that as well, like we use when we speak Czech. But um, if you could just pray for her heart to understand what repentance is and the need to trust Jesus, that would be really great. And just um, the last thing is just for our kids as we walk through homeschooling and check in English um, during COVID when we're not able to send the kids to school. And so um, we just really appreciate your prayers and how you guys support us. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to take a minute to pray for y'all. Uh, so let's let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the Folkers. We thank you, Lord, for uh, your word and the sure knowledge that we have that your mission will succeed. Uh, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would strengthen the Folkers and would encourage them and would give them so much peace and joy and refreshment and excitement about their mission. We pray very specifically for Monica and her heart. We pray for the meeting that's going to happen Wednesday. Um, God, I pray that you would give Jennifer the words to say and that there would be no misunderstanding because of having to wear masks. God, I pray that you would continue to give them uh, creativity to work around some of the, the barriers and obstacles that COVID has uh, put in their place. But um, but God, you're sovereign over all of that, and you, you know everything that's going on from the beginning to the end. Uh, and so we trust you with that. Um, God, we ask that you would be with their kids going through uh, homeschooling, that that would go smoothly and that they would learn what they need to learn. Um, we pray, God, that you would help them to be able to have all of the different ministry opportunities that they want to have um, and that they would be able to take full advantage of the space that you've allowed them to have. Uh, God, I pray uh, for Travis that he would be able to get there, that he would um, have all sorts of gospel conversations that you would bring fruit to, and also that he would be an encouragement to Stephen and Jennifer. Um, Lord, we thank you again for this time that we've gotten to share with them, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay. Briefly, before I move on, um, after each of these groups, I have a slide that, that shows how you can keep in touch with them, uh, with each of these groups. So here, um, you can email them. They, they, they check these emails regularly, uh, gospelforcheck at gmail.com. Uh, I think Stephen answers that one, and then, of course, jenniferfolker at gmail.com. And on Facebook, um, they have a, a private Facebook group, so if you get updates from that, obviously don't share that publicly on Facebook, but, um, but you should be able to join uh, Gospel for Check, uh, the Folkers. And I am, uh, the monthly update that I put, I'm putting all of these, uh, all this contact information on there, so you don't have to necessarily worry about writing it down. But the second group that we're going to talk about is uh, Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. So um, Snowboard, Snowbird is an outdoor wilderness camp in Andrews, North Carolina that started a little over 20 years ago, and it's grown significantly since then. I was reading back when they started, they only could have capacity to hold like 50 students at, at once during the summer, and now that's over 500, and that might even be a low estimate. They serve like 11,000 people annually, and they have a passion to share the gospel, um, to share the gospel with students. They primarily serve middle school and high school students during the summer, but they have a lot of stuff going on during the year, too. Um, 
And there are, you know, they're not the only Christian summer camp. There are, there are a number of Christian summer camps that exist, but we have a special connection to Snowbird, and I think that Snowbird is unique in some ways. Um, I, w- I want to read to you Snowbird's mission statement. Uh, their mission statement is, Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. And one of the things that I think is unique about Snowbird is their emphasis on the exposition of Scripture. Um, Our pastor, Adam Vinson, who I think is next door, uh, he worked at Snowbird. Um, We've had a number of other people to work at Snowbird, uh, and it was very influential on his life um, and, I think, in his ministry outlook as well. Um, you know, a few years ago, we spent two years preaching verse by verse through Genesis. So I think that the uh, snowbird emphasis on the exposition of Scripture has gotten itself into the DNA of our church. Um, so some of the individuals that I'm going to talk about here in a second, and you see their pictures up here. Um, I can't remember exactly which ones, but a couple of them served as external elders for our church in the process of our church getting started before Adam McLeod uh, and Tyson um, came on as elders. So they were really instrumental in, in helping our church even get it, its start. Uh, so in that sense, our church might not exist as it does today without the support of guys from Snowbird and Red Oak, which is the uh, church that these guys go to up there. Um, in addition to that, we've also had a number of our students go to Snowbird. The Longs who used to go to church here are connected to Snowbird. Um, so we support specifically three individuals financially, Sean Clark, Rob Conti, and Spencer Davis. And um, Sean Clark wrote me an email last week, and I'm just going to read to you the email that he sent because it's pretty brief. Uh, so uh, let's see. So Sean Clark says, uh, The Lord was so faithful this summer to bless Snowbird, and by extension our families with work and ministry to do in the midst of the lockdowns, shutdowns, etc. Camp was able to rework and regroup and figure out how to continue in this new normal. We are blessed beyond measure with this. You can pray for our family as the oldest four boys are all in school now for the first time. We pray over their character, testimony, and lives as they walk this new path. We have always homeschooled to date, so this has been a big transition. Please, as always, pray for Bethany and I as we juggle Red Oak Ministry and Snowbird. We want to be effective and consistent in ministering to others while not neglecting the home front and each other. We love you guys. Thank you for being so faithful to our family over the years. We are blessed beyond measure by you all, Sean and Bethany Clark. And then uh, Spencer also sent an email, and this is what uh, Spencer says. Ministry here is going great. We are in between two marriage conferences. So this was like a, a week or so ago. And it's a, a really fruitful time of ministry. I personally have been speaking a lot. The family is awesome. Everyone is doing great. It's a rich time family-wise. Uh, Snowbird is still navigating the COVID times, but we've had so much favor from the Lord to be operating. Uh, Snowbird has taken a huge hit financially, of course, as most places have this year. We're blessed to be where we are, though. Uh, You can pray for uh, holiness in times like these where everything is is going awesome. It's easy to get slack. Intentionality, I want to maximize the days with my family. Vision, I don't want to be in cruise control, but want to have some spirit-filled vision and ideas for the next phase. School, I think I'm starting back to school in January. And so I emailed a follow-up email with him. I think he's going to be going back to try to uh, complete his uh, Master's of Divinity. Um, and so the, the, the guy that's left, Rob Conti, uh, sent us a video. So, uh, Dave, if you could play, um, Hey, 
Sovereign Hope. Uh, so yeah, I'm Rob Conti. Um, want to say first just man, how much y'all's church means to me and my wife, Sarah. Um, you know, that y'all support to our family and our, our ministry has been been awesome. Obviously, financial, financially, it's so encouraging, but beyond that, just um, the constant support that we know that we have from you guys, uh, it, it really does mean a lot to us. Um, so deep, deep friendships there, and uh, they go back a long ways. And so, um, yeah, so I was asked to share a little bit about what we do. And so Snowbird primarily is a, is a youth camp. So we do middle school and high school age camps and retreats and conferences. Uh, big time of year is obviously summer, uh, but we run all year long. And so I think what makes us distinct from other camps and is, uh, you know, we're committed to the exposition of scripture. In fact, our mission statement is that Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist um, for the proclamation of the gospel through the exposition of scripture and personal relationships in order to reach this generation um, with with the gospel and to equip them to for them to reach the next generation um, and so the exposition of scripture personal relationships and so for me personally what that looks like is getting to preach and teach a, a lot uh, communicate um, truth to students and, and then the personal relationship side is building relationships with student pastors who are often unfortunately kind of on an island in ministry uh, a lot of times discouraged and um, so we were able to minister to those guys and get to know them and keep those relationships going um, and then also a large part of what I personally do at camp is uh, counseling with our college-age students that, that serve for either a summer or um, a calendar year in our intern institute program um, and then with students a lot of my counseling is some of the more um, I guess, for our, lack of a better way to say it, is the harder situations. A lot of times, students that have been um, abused or sexually assaulted, uh, uh, a lot of those students would be brought to me and working through that with them. And, and so, um, those are really, that's what really takes up a lot of my time is either studying or counseling and meetings. Lots, lots of meetings. Uh, but I love it. We've got an awesome team here, the, the, the guys that are work with are, you know, they really are uh, brothers to me, and, and so we're a tight-knit group, and um, yeah, so it's a cool ministry where my family gets to be very involved. I met my wife here. She served here for uh, years um, before we were married and then after, and so she's still very much involved, especially the, the women's conference. I know a number of y'all have come up for that and be here for the marriage conferences, like what's currently happening, and uh, so I was also asked how how can you, you guys can pray for us i say yeah for the ministry just that god continues to grow us that um and we don't know why but god has chosen to bless our ministry and we want to we just want to see that continue to happen and see more eternal souls uh, come on our property and be impacted by the gospel um, and then personally we are just now hopefully this monday um will be a our final approval for our adoption process, and then we could be matched with a kid, a baby, um, anytime. And so praying that the Lord bring us a child that we would get to raise in the fear and the admonition of the Lord and, and see this child come to salvation and 
spend his or her life serving the gospel. So, uh, yeah, if y'all join us in prayer on that, that would be awesome. Thank y'all. All right, so uh, next, um, as you know, a number of, of couples from our church went to the marriage retreat. I'm going to ask uh, James Yevick. James and Michelle went to the marriage retreat a week or two ago. If he would come up and just share for a few minutes about uh, what the marriage retreat was like and um, what was your biggest takeaway from it, and would you and would you encourage people to go on it in the future? Um, so this is my first time going. Um, we've been in the Sovereign Hope for two years now and just kept hearing about Snowbird um, and just timing wouldn't work out whenever there's always something that wouldn't work out but this year Michelle and I wanted to be very intentional to make it work out I guess it, it's probably one of the best things I've done we went we, we decided to do the marriage retreat she's been to the um, women's conference before and had a wonderful time and I about it, about it. Um, we decided to make it a priority for us to go on the marriage retreat and man you get up there and it's just beautiful the place is beautiful the people are awesome um, and it's exactly you know the hype lived up to uh, what, what I had been thinking and what I had uh, my expectations were set on um, Daniel asked me to share a takeaway I think uh you know, we know these things, but it's just great to be reminded. I think one of my great, my biggest takeaways was just remembering that, um, from the marriage retreat specifically, that our marriage um, is a mirror or a representation of our relationship with Christ. Um, so how I treat my wife, how I respect my wife, how I um, serve my wife, how I love my wife, is a representation of how I love, serve, and Christ. Um, so just, just to be poured into the great truth biblically um, was amazing and much needed. And then but but more than that, it was it was just time with each other. Um, you know, we the McLeods, Alex and Jessica, they drove us up and, and we just had an amazing time just getting there, eating good food. Um, and then just really special time with each other that I really, like, there's certain people that went on that trip that I really don't get to spend a lot of time with one-on-one, um, -on -one, whether they're busy or we're busy, whatever. But we went there, and we just had some really special time with people that, um, that I really need, needed to spend time with. And so, yeah, so that's what I encourage y'all with. I encourage whoever, if you haven't been to Snowbird, um, make it a priority to try to go whether it's the marriage retreat, whether it's the men's conference, they have that twice a year, whether it's the women's conference, they have that twice a year, um, or it's the children, middle school and high school ages, um, they, they, do a, they do a very special job with teaching our children about Jesus, but also allow them to have like a great time in the mountains, I mean, they have ropes courses, they have, I mean, it, we did some of the things I would think you could do, I mean, they could hook an ant cable and you just freaking you swing it from one end to the other and I mean it's, it's crazy you get to do that with your wife you get to do that by yourself your kids you get to do that um, sign, I mean it, and there's other ways I mean you can you can help them financially if the timing just don't work out that was our problem was the time it was just like didn't work for two years and we, we made it a priority to, to make sure that we yeah that's pretty much it 
only got like a couple minutes. So. Anyways, I'm just going to pray for Snowbird and that ministry and how we can help uh, support them. So let's do that. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for our time together. Uh, Lord, I thank you for Daniel and his heart for missions and our elders and their heart for missions. I thank you for Snowbird and bringing them into our church um, to help get us started, to help keep us going. And Lord, I pray that we would be found faithful to keep them going. Lord, whether that's sending our children there, whether that's us uh, as men going there by ourselves, or our, our wives going there by themselves, or us going together on a marriage retreat. Um, Lord, to be intentional to do that. I pray that you would lay it on our hearts to give this a chance um, and to be open about uh, ways that we can be found thankful to serve you in ways that you have brought into our church, specifically here with Snowbirds. So, Lord, I thank you for the special time that we had some you know, like a week ago. Um, I thank you for the great desire that I have to already return. Lord, I pray that you would lay on some others' hearts to join us next year as well. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> So you can keep in touch with the guys at Snowbird. Uh, these are their emails. That'll be on the Realm. Um, Sean and Rob, I'm Facebook friends with them. And um, you can also subscribe to um, email updates from Snowbird more generally to see what's going on. And then there's this weird little picture in the corner. I don't even know what that is. Adam McLeod added that. <laughs> but, I, mean, I guess that does something with something. But <laughs> anyway, so the last group that we... Uh, that we uh, that we support are uh, the McMurray family. Uh, it's a large family, uh, and they currently serve with Justice Ventures International in Nepal, uh, fighting human trafficking. Um, and I have a couple video from, clips from them that we'll play in a minute. But uh, so, how are we connected to the McMurray family? Um, well, I, I used to work. Uh, he, Kevin, was my boss for two years. I worked in the DA's office in uh, Coweta County, and he was he was over our office. Um, as an assistant district attorney. And so I got to see firsthand him fighting for justice on behalf of victims of really serious crimes. And so I know, uh, number one, how skillful he is at being a prosecutor, but then also his passion um, are the cases where you have victims uh, who really need somebody to stand on their side. And so I know that as he, as he um, it's, it's a long story that I can't tell right now, but um, I know that he is taking his passion and that he's taking those skills and he's using them in this new context where it's very much needed. Um, he, I want to share this, he, he created a mission statement for our office that I don't think I'll ever forget, which is uh, seek to do justice with excellence and integrity. Uh, and so that may not technically be the mission statement of Justice Ventures International, but I know that that's part of, of his heart uh, is to seek justice with excellence and integrity in what he's doing. Um, so, uh, Dave, go ahead and play the two clips that we have from the McMurrays. And Sovereign Hope, this is Kevin and Carolyn McMurray, and we're coming to you from our roof in Kathmandu, Nepal. Uh, so we live a little bit outside of the city. Behind us is the city, although you can't really see it right now. But we just want to... to send you a message and let you know a little bit about uh, what we are doing here and how much we appreciate your support. And, and by that I mean your prayers, 
and also uh, the support you've given us. But um, we've been here in Kathmandu for seven months uh, going on now. Uh, a good chunk of that has been in lockdown. And, and to, to be honest with you, it, it certainly hasn't looked like maybe we imagined. But we have definitely seen that, that God's at work and He's at work in us and, uh, and through us, even though it's been kind of limited um, because of COVID. And we're just now kind of gearing back up. Uh, the lockdown has, has begun to subside. Uh, we hope that that continues. We are able to, to get out a little more. And uh, so that's positive. But Daniel had written me and, and, and mentioned that you guys are, are going through the prophets and, and talking a little bit about uh, some of the, the justice issues that are identified um, in the prophets and really God's heart for justice. And, and really that's what, that's what brought us here this morning. Uh, the family uh, and, and I watched a, a, a sermon online where we were... We were challenged with what breaks your heart, and uh, and how a, a broken heart for those who um, are around you, or a broken heart for those who are in situations where there's an injustice, is uh, is something that's a God-given motivation to to try to do something about it. So we're here uh, working to try to stop the trafficking that's going on here, and. Um, and right now that looks very different. The borders are shut down, the airport's still shut down, and so a lot of our work has kind of changed. But um, but one of the things that uh, that was said in Isaiah that, that really had a, a big impact on us as we, we began to explore um, this, this idea of God's desire to right the injustices uh, that exist in the world through his people that he desires us to do something about it and in Isaiah 1 he talks about stop bringing meaningless offerings your incense is detestable to me new moon, sabbaths and convocations I cannot bear your evil assemblies, your new moon festivals and appointed feasts my soul hates they have become a burden to me, I'm weary of bearing them, when you spread out your hands in prayer I will hide my eyes from you, even if you offer many prayers. I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do to stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. And so, right now, um, as as we are in a time of a lot of people talking about justice and injustices in America and injustices around the world, um, I think our Heavenly Father uh, has an answer to that. I think He wants us to defend those who, who don't have a voice, who don't have somebody to, uh, to stand up for. And so... Um, we're in the middle of attempting to do that. I say attempting because uh, it feels like it's uh, it hasn't been um, super productive so far. But but God's timing is perfect. He brought us here at a time that uh, that was unexpected um, as far as the things going on around the world, and uh, and we have seen 
Uh, we've gone through a lot of seasons of, of up and down, but we've seen God at work, and uh, we're surrounded by by people uh, who don't know uh, a Western sense of justice, and, and really don't know, many of them just don't know uh, about a God who cares about them. And so um, we are thankful that we get to be a part of trying to share with them. And we're thankful for, for the part that you're playing in sustaining us because it quite literally is your prayers that have, uh, have kept us going in times of discouragement. You're, you're encouraging emails and words. And, and so we just uh, we really appreciate that. Caroline was going to say a few words just uh, as well. So I'm going to just take a minute and talk a little bit about our family here. Um, as many of you know, we have five kids that we brought with us. Um, and the ages that our children are um, make it more challenging than, I think, coming over here with younger children. Um, so we have um, felt helpless at times watching our children struggle. Uh, as they try to adjust culturally. Um, I know everyone. Okay, so um, it's a little bit longer than we have time to get to, but um, just very briefly here, the, the McMurrays have had a really hard hard year, actually, in this first year. That With their five kids, they've had a large cultural adjustment for their kids. They've had a lot of uh, stress about how to figure out schooling. And then uh, Kevin also uh, has made a transition from Love Justice where we were originally giving, and we've transferred our giving over to Justice Ventures International in order to, uh, that's the organization that he feels. Hey, good morning, friends. <laughs> that he feels is able to, to take best advantage of his skills and to use them in a new context. Uh, and I'll also say they've, uh, they've really dealt with some severe lockdowns as a result of covid and um, so that's one thing that we can continue to pray for them for is that there would be some lessening of the lockdowns that are there. They have been able to go on a vacation to Turkey. And so I've seen pictures and they've been able to uh, visit some of the places that you see in the New Testament, like, like Ephesus, which is kind of cool. And I think they went up in a hot air balloon. But at any rate, I think they're headed back into Nepal now. Uh, and so our prayer, I think our most basic prayer is really that, that God would sustain them and uh, protect them and then let... Kevin kind of really get down to work uh, because I think he's had some struggles in terms of just hitting roadblocks of actually getting to do the work of um, not just stopping people from being trafficked, but then taking those traffickers and bringing them to justice because the ultimate goal is that traffickers would know that this is not something that they can get away with in Nepal. Um, I, and I've asked uh, Andrew, Andrew, will you pray for, uh, for the McMurray family? Amen. You can keep in touch with them uh, on Facebook for personal updates, and then their, their email updates are also very, very detailed and very good. Thank you all. All right, thanks for um, sticking with us through this. Just to close out our time, thinking about how to grow in this area, a couple of resources we wanted to share with you. So the book that uh, Marcus Daniel and I read, um, this is called a QR code. Uh, and you can scan that with your phone. It'll take you directly to a link. Um, but And we'll have this uh, information posted on the Realm. Desiring God makes their um, publications free, so you can read this book for free. Um, there's a, a link to it. It's also $13 on Amazon. This is an app you can download, Voice of the Martyrs. There's a Apple, and then there's a, apparently another brand of devices, too. Um, you can scan that. I'm just kidding, Ben. 
Um, but this is a great app um, for using with your family if you want to uh, go through and have a, um, like a missions night as a family. And it'll take you country by country and let you give you more information about what's it like to be a Christian in this country? What kind of persecution would I experience if I was uh, in this country? And um, so a great way to, to pray for believers who are in those countries. The Joshua Project, they don't focus on uh, countries. They focus on people groups. And so these are um, specifically people groups who haven't heard the gospel yet. It's another app you can download. It will give you information on how to pray for those people groups and uh, any efforts that might be being made. Um, to those people groups, so that's another great resource. And then uh, Jessica actually posted back on the realm about this um, uh, podcast that Snowbird does. There are several episodes uh, you can see titled "Their Brother, Our Brother in Africa" update, uh, and it's a tremendous story about um, God doing miracles in a Muslim, predominantly Muslim country and bringing where there was no believers at all, now uh, over 100 believers in this area um, through a specific individual has gone through all sorts of persecution. Uh, God's done some miracles in there. Um, it's, it's been a great resource for us as a family to listen to, um, again, just to open up our minds to what God's doing around the world. And then how do we get involved? Uh, how can I get more involved? So we're excited to let you know that we're actually going to use our C groups and set up a rotation um, for our missionary family. So I don't know if you heard, but every person that shared, uh, every group um, that shared through the video, they all spoke about how encouraging we've been to them. We want to grow in that area. We want to be the type of people like in Philippians chapter 1 where Paul says, I thank my God in all rem my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because, you, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Like I want sovereign hope to be that for these families, and we are being that. Let's be that even more. Let's be more intentional. Let's, be, uh, let's, let's reach out, encourage them, pray for them, uh, connect with them. Uh, even more so th than we have been doing. And so we're going to start this rotation this month. Um, and so it'll stay for four months. Your C group will be committed to one of these families or one of these groups to intentionally encourage them, reach out to them, pray for them. Um, and so November the 1st today, so starting in November. And then here are how we're going to split up our group. So um, Shortings are going to focus on the Folkers. Conaways are going to focus on the Snowbird families. And then the McLeod Seagroup is going to focus on the McMurray family. So all the ways to connect with them, Daniel's going to make available on the realm. The smallest things have been such an encouragement to them. Let's keep um, pursuing that. Let's keep growing in that area. So thanks for being here today. Um, we had a lot of content, and we went through it real fast. Um, thank you for, um, for being here and for bringing your families here. Like, I love to hear kids in here playing and um, for other kids just just doing their thing in here we love it we're thankful for those little ones um, so I'm going to pray for us uh, and then you can be dismissed father thank you that we get to to focus our hearts this morning on what you're passionate about your glory um, thank you that we are able to have the privilege to connect with other families around the globe in their pursuit to make you known to make much of you and pray that you would continue to um, to increase their, the scope of their ministry, the impact that they're able to have, and pray that you would increase the, the depth and awareness in our own hearts of what you're doing. Lord, um, we are thankful for this day, thankful that we get to, to focus in on missions today. Thank you for all who participated in this, 
and pray that you would be honored and glorified through the rest of our day today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.